Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Poets' Corner. Today's feature is from Book 9, Part 25 of Milton's Paradise Lost. Podcast 238 is entitled Temptation of Adam. Part A. In the preface to Book 9, Milton presents the following abstract. Eve, pleased with the taste, deliberates a while whether to impart thereof to Adam or not, at last brings him of the fruit, relates what persuaded her to eat thereof. Adam, at first amazed, but perceiving her lost, resolves through vehemence of love to perish with her, and extenuating the trespass, eats also of the fruit, the effect thereof in them both. They seek to cover their nakedness, then fall to variance and accusation of one another. Feeling the effect of the fruit, Eve praises the tree of knowledge of good and evil. O sovereign, virtuous, precious of all trees in paradise, of operation blessed to sapience, hitherto obscured, unfamed, and thy fair fruit let hang as to no end created. The first effect on Eve is a desire to know everything. Eve vows to dedicate her life to caring for the tree until she has all knowledge. But henceforth my early care, not without song, each morning and due praise shall tend thee, and the fertile burden ease of thy branches offered free to all. Till dieted by thee, I grow mature in knowledge, as the gods who all things know. Milton shows that Eve understands the power of the forbidden fruit. She wants to be as the gods, knowing good and evil. Milton also portrays Eve as fully understanding that the gods are omniscient. Milton, unlike others, portrays Eve as equal to Adam in her search for knowledge. She understands that without eating of the forbidden fruit, she would have remained in ignorance. And the only way of wisdom is by eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Though others envy what they cannot give, for had the gift been theirs, it had not here thus grown. Experience next to thee I owe best guide. Not following thee, I had remained in ignorance. Thou openest wisdom's way and givest access, though secret she retire. Already Eve perceives that she must keep her secret hidden. And I perhaps am secret. Heaven is high, high and remote to see from thence distinct each thing on earth. And others' care perhaps may have diverted from continual watch our great forbidder, safe with all his spies about him. However, she deceives herself into thinking she can hide from God. She turns her thoughts to Adam and contemplates how she can approach him. It is a huge dilemma for Eve because she knows that she is now different from Adam and cannot remain in the Garden of Eden. She ponders if she should hide her secret from him. 
She realizes that she is now far superior to Adam and wonders if she should let Adam continue in blissful ignorance while she grows in knowledge, or should she tell him her secret? She understands that knowledge gives one power over another. She wrestles with the idea that perhaps she should remain superior to Adam. But to Adam in what sort shall I appear? Shall I to him make known as yet my change, and give him to partake full happiness with me? Or rather not, but keep the odds of knowledge in my power without co-partner? So to add what wants in female sex, the more to draw his love and render me more equal, and perhaps a thing not undesirable, sometimes superior, for inferior who is free. Eve is tempted to keep the secret from Adam so she can be his superior. Her logic is, if she is inferior, how can she be free? She poses two other arguments. One, perhaps Adam will love her more. Two, she will be smarter than Adam, even superior. And she begins to think that's a good thing. Milton is very modern in his views on women, even several hundred years ahead of his time. Imagine how things would be different if Eve had not told Adam. But reality sets in. There's another change that she cannot hide. She will die, and Adam will live forever by himself in the Garden of Eden. Or worse, Adam will be given another wife. Milton is a genius. He humanizes Eve and puts the story of the fall in a different light. A very human light. For the first time, Eve feels jealousy. This may be well, but what if God have seen and death ensue? Then I shall be no more, and Adam wedded to another Eve shall live with her enjoying. I extinct. It suddenly becomes clear what she should do. Milton also addresses the power of love. It is love for Adam that makes her want to tell Adam. And as we shall see, it is love for Eve that makes Adam want to eat of the forbidden fruit. A death to think? Confirmed, then I resolve. Adam shall share with me in bliss or woe. So dear I love him, that with him all deaths I could endure. Without him live no life. Suddenly, it becomes a touching love story. And Milton demonstrates her boldness her firmness of mind, and her amazing courage. Milton elevates the mother of the human race from the belittling images that were taught in the traditions of his day. All of her decisions are thoughtful and deliberate, and she did nothing hastily. This section is a tribute to the power of love between a man and a woman. So saying from the tree her step she turned, but first low reverence done as to the power that dwelt within whose presence had infused into the plant sciential sap derived from nectar, drink of gods. Eve shows tremendous reverence for the tree. She understands that knowledge is the food of the gods. Notice there is no guilt, no uncertainty, no remorse. With resolute mind, she goes to find Adam. There is a sharp contrast between the fallen Eve and the still blissful Adam. Adam the while waiting desirous her return, and wove of choicest flowers a garland to adore her tresses. And her rural labor crown as reapers oft are wont their harvest queen. Great joy he promised to his thoughts, and new solace in her return, so long delayed. Milton captures the vast difference that now exists between Adam and Eve. 
Adam is blissfully unaware of Eve's fall. He is still like a child. His only desire is to please her. Eve, however, so far superior to Adam that their relationship could never continue the way it was. Milton, in this brief scene, captures the paradox of the fall. Before, Adam and Eve were equal. Now that equality is destructive. Underneath this theme, it appears that Milton, a supreme scholar, is criticizing the current attitude toward women. He seems to be saying that women should be educated equal to men, for as Eve said earlier, for inferior who is free. Adam has a premonition. Yet oft his heart, divine of something ill, misgave him. He the faltering measure felt, and forth to meet her went, the way she took that morn when first they parted. Adam finds his wife Eve standing by the tree of knowledge of good and evil with a bough of fruit in her hand. Eve is not diffident. She runs to Adam proudly, carrying the forbidden fruit. By the tree of knowledge he must pass. There he her met, scarce from the tree returning. In her hand a bough of fairest fruit, that downy smiled, new gathered, an ambrosial smell diffused. To him she hastened, in her face excuse came prologue, and apology to prompt which with bland words at will she thus addressed. Eve is like a little girl who's been caught with her hand in the candy dish. But instead of hiding it, she boldly runs to Adam. She already has her formed argument. Hast thou not wondered, Adam, at my stay? Thee I have missed, and thought it long deprived thy presence. Agony of love, till now not felt, nor shall be twice, for never more mean I to try what rash untied I sought the pain of absence from thy sight. Eve uses flattery. She vows she won't absent herself from him again. She pours it on by declaring that she had never felt such agony of his absence before. That, however, was a mere prologue, for now with a sweet smell and fruit in hand, she quickly comes to the point. She confesses to Adam that God had lied to them about the fruit. But strange hath been the cause, and wonderful to hear. This tree is not what we are told, a tree of danger tasted, nor to evil unknown opening the way, but of divine effect to open eyes and make them gods who taste. Eve continues her argument by using the serpent as an example. Here Milton demonstrates how it was that Eve was deceived by the wiles of Satan, but not Adam. Perhaps Milton is alluding to the words of Paul. 1 Timothy 2, 13-14 For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Eve praises the serpent. And hath been tasted such, the serpent wise, or not restrained as we, or not obeying, hath eaten of the fruit, and is become not dead as we are threatened, but henceforth endued with human voice and human sense, reasoning to admiration, and with me persuasively hath so prevailed that I have also tasted, and have also found the effects to correspond, opener mine eyes, dim earth's dilated spirits, ampler heart, and growing up to godhood, which for thee chiefly I sought, without thee can despise. Eve reminds Adam that by taking the forbidden fruit, they can become like God. Milton uses the phrase, 
growing up to Godhead. Overlooking the fact that Adam found her, and not the other way around, Eve added, which for thee chiefly I sought. She emphasizes that she cannot become like God without Adam. She again turns to flattery. It cannot be overlooked that Milton shows Eve to be as subtle as Satan. For bliss, as thou hast part, to me is bliss tedious, unshared with thee, and odious soon. It is then that she asks Adam to eat the fruit, and promises that he will be equal to her. Eve is not without confidence, but Milton is actually having Eve speak for Satan. He places the fall squarely on Eve. As we learn in Genesis, when the Lord questions Adam, Adam blames Eve for tempting him. Genesis 3.12 And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Eve's eyes are opened also, because when the Lord turns to her, she blames the serpent. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me and I did eat. In our next podcast, we shall continue the story of Adam and Eve's epic fall and its effect on the world. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.